When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Movie Crush, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Movie Crush Monday Mini Crush Edition. Very special two-part edition. I know. The studio is, is very crowded today. <clears throat> yes. <clears throat> Whoa. <clears throat> Whoa. I forgot to do my vocal warm-ups. <laughs> it's me, John Hodgman. I'm here. That's right, everybody. John Hodgman is in the studio with us. In case you were worried, he is here to but, save the day, to save the Mini Crush but day. But you know what happened? I, w- I left for a second. To go grab a free soda mm-hmm. from the incredibly well-stocked refrigerator. Yes. Here at uh, Stuff Media HQ. Yeah. And when I came back, my chair was real low. You can crank it up. Yeah. What did you, you know, guys? Is this a know, prank? No, dude, you don't know what happened. I'm cranking it up, but you pranked it up. Every time you left, you would hop up, and the chair would, the arm would raise the table. <laughs> And almost spill your coffee. So you can go back up now. I'm like, crank it up. You just just pull the little thing. I don't like this. I came down to Atlanta on my own dime right. to see my friend Chuck <laughs> and you too, Noel. I appreciate that. And, uh, and do some movie crushing. Uh-huh. And I'm getting hazed. Well, now, I'm you getting know, this hazed is, here. This is, a psycholo- this is a head game. Yeah, it sure is. Everyone's chair has got to be lower now, than I'm mine. I'm going to be off mic for a second. It's going to sound terrible. <laughs> You yeah. knew he was going to notice. I think it's this chair. <laughs> it's right here. Yeah, crank it up for me, Chuck. Crank it up. All right, let's crank it up. So, John, I know you don't listen to the mini crushes, which is great, because uh, we've got some bits on here that are Hodgman-specific that I think everyone yeah. is going to enjoy. I'm sorry that I don't listen to them. You don't have to be sorry. But it's sort of like it's sort of like a deal that I have with my 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 uh, my readers. You know, I have a new book coming out, yeah. Medallion Status. Mm. And it's a great book of funny stories about me being somewhat famous and then losing that fame and trying to make up for it by chasing diamond medallion status on Delta. I'm I'm approaching – what's the lowest status that you can get? Silver? Bronze? Don't even say silver. No? No. I don't know. I don't understand how it works. You have to explain this to me or I should read your book probably. The first level of – of medallion status yeah. on in Delta's loyalty program is silver, then okay. gold, then platinum. Silver. So there's no bronze. <laughs> no. Okay. Good to know. But it's better to be nothing than silver. Oh God. Silver's <laughs> just a cruel joke. So you yeah. get nothing. Because silver doesn't get yeah. you shit. Yeah. Okay. You can cuss on the show, by the way. Well, okay. <laughs> silver silver is fucking a garbage medallion. <laughs> it's not even a fucking garbage medallion. It's fucking a garbage okay, medallion. Well, I'm approaching said fucking garbage medallion, and I'm gonna still take. Yeah, but it that's, as a how you, that's how that's how they that's how they that's the first taste for free, right? Yeah, that's and then, right. And then they suck you in. They want to be, but 
this book is really good, and you can pre-order it. I'm just saying at the top. Yeah. Get my plugs in at the top. Bit.ly slash medallion status, all one word, all capital letters. Yep. But here's the deal. It's just like podcasts. Just subscribe, right? Sure. If you – Subscribe to your book? No, I'm just saying buy it. <laughs> with, well, look, if you read it, you'll enjoy it. If but, I listened yeah. to this, I would enjoy it. <laughs> Sure. The important thing is I subscribe. You should have an installment plan where you subscribe and get a chapter a, a month. No, I have an even better deal with my readers. Okay. If you buy the book, yeah. it frees you from the obligation to read it. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> buy the book, you don't have to read it. I can't wait to read it because Vacation Land was, and I told you this in private, but I thought it was a real like mm-hmm. achievement. And after your your three books of fake facts, which was fun, and I love them. Thank you. So did I. I really I was... enjoyed seeing this new uh, – this, honest. Yeah, this new Honest John. V- vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. It was very, like, moving at times and and very sweet and always funny. And uh, I'm, I'm sure this is more of that. Thanks, Chuck. Vacation Land's the old book. Forget about it. Move forward. Nostalgia's a toxic impulse. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Medallion status. That's the new one. Upgrade to medallion status now. <laughs> Bit.ly slash medallion status. What a pleasure to be here with you guys. Thank you so much for having me. All right, John. I we won't s- talk about it ever again. We, we, no, we'll- I doubt that. We'll we'll talk well, about on it on the more. next podcast. Okay, fair, 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 fair. Uh, we st- we have a bit here that we do with Noel called Noel's Holes, and we're going to do Hodgman's Holes oh. right now. Oh, this does sound like hazing. Wherein uh, we have just compiled while you went and got your diet coke. Yeah, a twenty movie list. Yeah, science fiction is what we're going with. Yeah, where we are going to determine what your holes are. Okay. So all you have to do is give the affirmative. That you have seen the film or not. Okay. Or the negative? No. Yeah. Uh-huh. So the holes would be the gaps in my cultural exactly. education. Exactly. Yes. And we keep score. Oh, Ramsey, okay. can you keep score? Ramsey thumbed it up. Thumbs up, Randy. Ramsey. And feel free to, you know, uh, give us some musings about said film if you Nope. Yes or her. no. That's all okay. I'm going to do. What? Oh, come on. <laughs> do you really think you have to tell John to okay. feel free to muse? Fair. <laughs> I got I got a license to muse. Yeah. <laughs> that was the original Be- Beastie Boys album mm-hmm. title, Let's... but no one got it. Well, yeah. Right. So we're going to start off, John, with uh, Metropolis. I have seen it. I saw it. Fritz Lang's Metropolis. Mm-hmm. That is correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because when 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 I was a youth, they restored it and re-released it in theaters, including at the at the Coolidge Corner. Theater where you worked, yeah. But this is before I worked there. This is when I would just show up there mm-hmm. to see samurai movies because I was a real cool twelve-year-old. You'd show up with your vest and your bow tie, just hoping they would put, <laughs> they would let you take tickets or something. You know, kind of. <laughs> and you know what else? It worked because that's that's what ended up happening. But um, yeah, the Coolidge Corner Theater still there, still there in Brookline, Massachusetts. At the t- at the time I was growing up, a great, great, great repertory movie house. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of, and then it became a second run house, and it kind of suffered. But then it came back as an as an art house, which is what it is now. And somewhere in there, they 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 released this new restored cut of Metropolis. I think they found footage. They may have colorized some of it. Stuff like that was happening, mm-hmm. and commissioned all new music from Giorgio Moroder, oh. king of the king of the eighties soundtracks. He's my favorite. Yeah, with an incredible song by Queen, one of the last songs that Queen. Release. How do you feel about this? Isn't this sort of revisionist kind of like you're sort of remixing a classic and colorizing it and adding a new score? It's a little weird. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I, it felt intrusive at the time, right? And also, the movie itself is a weird artifact, mm-hmm. an interesting bit of film and science fiction history, and movie making, cinema, cinema history, right? Mm-hmm. I guess I said film or at least I forget sure. it. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm used too much. But um, kind of not – I didn't find it particularly memorable and I didn't find like putting a whole bunch of Giorgio Moroder gloss on it made it an enjoyable movie. Got it. But I like that Queen song. You know that song, Radio Gaga? Sure. That's from – that's from – they they re- created that song for the soundtrack. They were the, kings of the soundtrack for a while. Well, they did yeah. Flash, right? Uh, master, yeah, master of the universe. Save every one of us. <laughs> boom, boom, he's a, he's boom, a miracle. Boom, 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 He's a miracle. Boom, 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 boom. Just a man with a man's all, courage. All we <laughs> so hear good. is Radio Gaga, Radio Goo Goo. It was, it was, 
It was Queen's – it was Freddie Mercury's ode to classic radio. It's also yeah. where Lady Gaga got her names from this. <laughs> is it really? It is. It is. But I tell you what. Doesn't that describe – doesn't that describe the podcasting world today? All we hear is Radio Gaga? <laughs> Very much so. Well, I just made I just made a connection. All right. We got 19 and more Muse. of these to get through. 19 more of these to I'm get not, through. I'm not leaving it. Conclude Muse. <laughs> All right. Number two, The Martian. No. Wait. Is there is there an old Martian and a new Martian? Or is no, there The just Martian, the, okay. the Matt Damon movie. Okay. No. And okay. I have no Muse. Got it. Number three, Solaris original. Tarkovsky. No, n- no but I, lo- I looked – for a long time at the case <laughs> okay. at Movie Gallery in Greenfield, Massachusetts. All right. But uh, opted no. I fell asleep during both of them, the, the original I and read the about remake. it and I felt like I did my job yeah, on that one. I think that's yeah. fair. All right, next, Solaris, the remake. No. Okay. Was that a Soderbergh? Mm-hmm. It was. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. worked with him. And I think it's a mm-hmm. shot-for-shot-ish kind of remake as well. Yeah, I read about that one. I'm like, uh, hard pass. I've seen... I've seen the the restored cut of Metropolis. I've been tricked into this before. Exactly. <laughs> Somebody, somebody's weird art project is not does not mean I have to go see the movie. Are you a Tarkovsky fan at all? Are there any of his films that you enjoy? Never, never got into. I it. really like Stalker. Uh, that's one that I saw I pretty recently. There was Solaris, I, I and that it. was it. No, well, he's got a bunch. He's got uh, Andre <laughs> Rublev, which is a big period piece, yeah. big sweeping thing. That used to be that used to be advertised in the Coolidge Corner little pamphlet that they would print mm. out. Like, here's what's coming this week, and I would go. I'm not seeing that. It's fair. The next one, Silent Running. Yes. Of course I've seen Silent Running. Is that the same as Cool Runnings? No. No. Okay. <laughs> no. Silent Running. Is that sort of like a Bruce dystopian Dern. future thing Bruce, kind of? Bruce Dern yeah. is on a, a deep uh, – he, he's, a, he's a gardener on a garden spaceship. Got it. Okay. Earth has been – you know, gone through uh, climate change, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they sent out these different spaceships to preserve different kinds of plant life. Got it. Presumably for the idea that they're going to re re redo the Earth eventually sure. or something. Yeah. So he's on there with a bunch of jocks. He's the gardener, <laughs> and a bunch of really cute, or I think two really cute robots mm-hmm. who, who walk around and waddle. They look like Wally if Wally walked around. Got it. Right. Very, very, very impractical way to build a robot. <laughs> and then he gets the word from Earth, time to time to blow up the gardens. We're not going to use them. And he refuses to do it and stops the jocks. And then he's alone on this ship. Because it's his own little personal Eden kind of, right? Or something. Yeah. Like and just... also it's it sort of like I, I do, it's been a while since I've seen it. But the I can't fathom what the uh, uh, explanation would be for blowing up the garden ships. Right. Just let just, it let it be. Yeah, just let it keep it going. Too right. expensive? I don't know. Uh, I have it right here. Lowell uh, rebels when he's ordered to destroy the greenhouse in favor of carrying cargo. So mm. get rid of all those plants. We need to put some fucking cargo on right. there. And the plants are in these big solarium pods. Mm. That's perfect for cargo. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? I, I don't know. It's, you know, it's, a, it's, it's one of those science fiction movies that's much more allegory than it is story. Mm-hmm. Uh, or sort of eco-warning, you know? Mm-hmm. But um, – that's great, and it was the it was John Dykstra directed, I believe. D- uh, Douglas Tur- Trumbull. Douglas, Douglas Trumbull, right? That was he's a different science, uh, different uh, special effects master, craftsperson. He did the Star Wars stuff, and this was his this was his directorial thing. Interesting. So maybe I'm confusing Dykstra again, but anyway. Screenplay by Michael Cimino and Stephen Bochco. The yeah. TV guy. Yeah, Bochco was around for a long time. You know who young Bruce Dern looks like on this poster here. He looks like Josh Clark. He does. Look at this, Chuck. Isn't that eerie? Oh, he in, that one, does, in that one, in that one image, yeah, his hair is kind of cropped out because I think he has a bushy mane of yeah. like mullety hair. And this of. actually was before Star Wars because I remember that there was accusations that the two robots, the two, the two cute robots, Huey and Louie, were um, sort of an inspiration for R two D two. Huey and Louie. That was his nickname for it. Got them. it. Got it. Yeah, seventy two. Yeah. All right, next All right. film, Soylent Green. Yes, of course. It's apparently people. It is. Okay. Yeah. Next movie. I guess that one's spoiled. Yeah, well. The original Westworld film. Yes, I have seen it with Yule Brynner. Okay. The film Moon. Yes. With uh, Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell, directed by Duncan Jones. Mm -hmm. Correct. My friend on Twitter. Okay. He's a really nice guy. Next, we have the classic Jane Fonda, 
film, Barbarella. Of course I've seen it. We have the classic Jane Fonda science fiction film, On Golden Pond. I have all... I have all. <laughs> really? That's science fiction? Did I, was the Golden Pond actually in a pod on Bruce Stern's spaceship? <laughs> That's right. It was on Golden Pod. Catherine Hepburn and Henry Fonda have to take a shuttle out there? That would be a real... Sort of new new Westworld retake on Golden Pond. Get on the shuttle, you old poop. <laughs> the airlocks, Henry. Do you hear it? The airlocks. The loons. The loons is the famous line. That's what I'm referencing. Yeah. I don't think people see on Golden Pond anymore. Oh, man. I love that movie. That was yeah. a big HBO movie for yeah. me. That was, a, that was one that was heavy rotation in yeah. culture and now gone. Gone. Got mad about you. <laughs> oh, wow. People don't think about mad about you anymore. I don't think Chuck had until this they're, exact moment. Yeah. Now, now they're now they're re, they are rebooting Mad About You finally. You so know, but the, after the, decades of Seinfeld and Friends nostalgia, uh-huh. they're finally re- rebooting Mad About You. But that's rebooting all, is in showing the old show, or no, no, re- restarting it, uh, doing it again. Jeez. But that's purely through the, uh, I think, the force of will of Paul Reiser, right? Who, by the way, is an incredible actor, sure, and a great guy. Yeah. Just letting you know, but he should have gotten. Seven Emmys for Oak, uh, Red Oaks, and didn't, didn't didn't see that. Robbed. Hmm. So next I film. I was there. I was there. I was there at the American Comedy Awards when Chris Rock crafted a joke making fun of Paul Reiser. What? He's uh, Chris Rock's going to be in the new season cool. of Fargo, which I'm pretty excited about. Still haven't seen any of Fargo. Uh, the TV show is so good. Yeah, I saw a little of the first one. Well, the but seasons that, two and three were, yeah. yeah. There's so a good. three? Yeah. Oh, I didn't I, know that. I, I saw two. You and Noah, McGregor. Noah Hawley, right? Yeah. And he made Legion. Oh, okay. Which I love. And I think he's incredibly talented. But I would say the first season of Fargo was just a little – you know what the problem was? Um, It was a little bit just too much wearing the movie clothes. Uh-huh. You know, it was just kind of – it wasn't going in new directions at first. The Billy Bob Thornton was great in it. Yeah, but the second one was totally not like that. Though it was a season very much two was thing. Jesse Plemons and Kirsten Dunst yeah. and, it was, and it Gene was, Smart. It, it was, was so fucking good. awesome. Yeah. And his, season three yeah. was Ewan McGregor in a dual role. Oh, that as, sounds good. Tw- as twins, yeah, that was really really good. But why am I blanking on this person's name? Bilbo Baggins, not Ian Holm. Oh, what's the his office. name? The Office guy. Uh, you know who I mean? Yes. Fargo, season one. Black Panther. Sherlock. Sherlock. <sighs> the Office? Who did he play on The Office? He was the Jim character. He was Jim. Only he his was... name wasn't Jim. Oh, it was Tim. Tim. That's right. Oh, the original Office? Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, the guy. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? People are screaming at their <laughs> I know. devices right now. I was, record- I was recording a podcast oh. the other day. Martin Freeman. Martin Freeman. <laughs> Martin Freeman is one of the greats. Love Martin Freeman. Mm-hmm. Love him in Sherlock. Mm-hmm. Ter- terrific. No one, no one, everyone, the reason he gets cast and everything is because everyone loves him. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's got like, a very pleasant demeanor and yeah. he's also very versatile. Yeah. But I, 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 it's not, nothing to do with him. Take the job. He did a great job in Fargo. Mm-hmm. It's just like, there's, you know, there are American actors. Yeah. Because like he doesn't the, do a great accent either. Neither does Ewan McGregor. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about this more when we talk about Endgame, about okay. accents. But I just feel like on, the, on Movie Crush Maine. Sure. But I just like, we come on, American actors. Let's get out there. Let's get these roles. Yeah. Get, I mean, there are Midwestern actors. Yeah. And I don't think, you know, let's let's try it. I want to flip this idea out to you guys. I heard a British actor being interviewed on NPR and uh, the interviewer said, so what's the deal with British actors being able to do American accents so well but not the other way around? And this British actor said, well, it's because we grew up steeped in American cinema, whereas Americans don't necessarily grow up steeped in, you know, British culture. Oh, I cinema. disagree. Sir. Well, you're, you're a, you know. I grew up <laughs> watching Brian Blessed on I, Claudius. <laughs> and let me tell you this. It was an education. Gordon's alive! That was a... Exclusively for all the Brian Blessed heads out there. I don't know who that Blessed. is. Blessed? Brian Blessed? No. Well, first of all, he played, uh, what's his name? Uh, Hawk, King Hawk leader in Flash Gordon. 
from Flash. Uh, Ming oh. the Merciless? No, 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 no. no he was the, the good guy. He was the, the, I think they were called the Hawkman, actually. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And he was the one who shouted, Gordon's alive! I may have never seen very, that. Very, very famous actually. British character actor. Also voiced Boss Nass in The Phantom Menace. Next. District 9. Yep. Great. Okay. Next. Beneath the Planet of the Apes. I think that this is, yes, I have. That's the second one. I don't know. I think it's the one where there are humans living underground who are weird. Where's Dana Gould when you need him? I know. Dana Gould, our podcast, a great podcast. Subscribe. Next film, Dark Star. No. No. Okay. It's a John I'm, Carpenter, like a lesser John Carpenter film. Or lesser, whatever. I, I just haven't seen it. I, Ramsey I, flashed that one to me on the phone. I, I never even heard of it. It, That's was, why. it was very much in, in, in my growing up science fiction-y ethos or ecosystem, it was known. It was mm-hmm. a comedy, a, a science fiction comedy. Oh. And I, I gathered that it was a little bit of a – I kind of feel like it was a little bit of a stoner comedy. And I only think that that may be true because my older friend, who was a little bit of a stoner – was really into it. Why haven't I seen it? Am I right? And right, I know. It's like Radio Gaga out here in <laughs> podcast land. Am I right? <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I'm just connecting <laughs> okay. dad joke to dad joke. That's 74. All. Yeah. Yeah. And and I kind of took it as a – so I was and I was a very good kid, so I didn't want to get near that stoner comedy. You thought sure. you might get high just by watching the movie. I was a little worried about yeah, it. Yeah, that's fair. And it might need uh, – you know, maybe we should watch it tonight, Chuck. Uh, we could. We should preview it a little bit. All right, go, 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 go. Next film, Destination Moon. Is that the ori- the original? I don't know what this is, Ramsey. Dug it up, I think. That was me, actually. Oh, okay. It's from, like, the 50s. It's probably a low blow. I, I've, I've never seen but it. But this is not Voyage to the Moon. This no. is not the um, oh, Lumiere. No. How dare you? <laughs> no, it's not. It's Destination Moon. 1950. No. No. Well, I don't know. You seem like no, a guy. Right. You seem like a guy that might have seen an obscure sci-fi movie from the fifties. Who's in it? Do you did you ever see uh, Angry Red Planet from that period of time? No, but I love the what is that the was online a, novel Red Planet. Yeah, Angry Red Planet was a staple on Channel Fifty Six afternoons when I was growing up in Brookline, mm-hmm. uh, uh, or maybe it was a Creature Double feature on Saturdays. Mm. But Channel Fifty Six, all the same. Uh, Fifty Six for life. Eat it, Channel Thirty Eight. Uh, uh, the the capsule review of. Angry Red Planet in the t- in the TV guide. The, de- the, de- the description of mm-hmm. it was, astronauts go to Mars, fight giant monsters, then head home. <laughs> That's the trajectory there. A lot of strong-sounding male leads in this movie. John Archer, Warner Anderson, yeah. Tom Powers, and Dick Wesson. But the fame one the, one of the famous first films is go, they go the the French silent film where they go sure. the rocket yes. to the moon and sure. they land in the moon's eye. Yeah, right. right. Go. Ice Pirates. The Ice Pirates. No, I never did. I never, ever did see that. Okay. I guess science fiction comedy is not – doesn't work all the time. Robert Urich. Here, Spencer for Hire. Oh, sure. Big big celebrity in Boston. Duracell battery salesman. Better known for Spencer <laughs> for Hire. Go. I know you've seen this one. This is a gimme. You're welcome. Uh, time Bandits. Yes, of course. All right, let's do a quick tally. Do you think that someone who loves British character acting one, and not seen two, Time three, Bandits? Four, five, I wonder if Brian Blessed's in Time Bandits. I'm going to look it up. All right, I think it's nine to six. It's pretty good. Heading into the final five. John. Yeah. The Fly, The Ridge. Yes. Okay. John. I'm trying to find out if Brian Blessed was in Time Bandits. What? <laughs> the Creature from the Black Lagoon. Yes. There's that book. The woman who uh, – a woman wrote an, uh, uh, a nonfiction book about the woman who created the creature. Right. We just is, did a little uh, bit on her. It's worth a plug. I'm gonna... On uh, Stuff You Should Know. Because she was uh, famously fired for being a woman. Right. Uh, by this jerk guy, and the story didn't come out until much later. And so we're trying to— Her name was Millicent Patrick. Yes. And the book about her life is The Lady from the Black Lagoon. Right. And she designed the costume? Yeah. For stuff You Should Know just did an episode on movie special effects, and we gave her her due. Mallory O'Meara is the author. Check it out. Next. Cocoon. Yeah, of course. The other one with the old people? Yep. Okay. Well, no, also Cocoon too. so it's a— Oh. It could be. You could answer either way. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Uh, 
Next, the movie Zardoz. Yes. Saw it at Paul F. Tompkins' house. Oh, okay. When I was staying. Famous for that outfit. Yeah, yes, and for its overall weirdness. It's sort of a bathing suit thong situation where it's like a midriff Suspenders. exposed. And, yeah. And Sean Connery. Very, very hairy. That, po- that poster, I mean, I'm grateful to the movie for giving us that image. Right. But the rest of the – all the other frames of the movie do not need to exist. Really? <laughs> <laughs> they did a How Did This Get Made on it, which is a lot of fun. All the other frames. Garbage. They got one frame. That's good. You know what? Some people don't even get one frame. Some movies don't even get a frame. That's fair. Uh, then finally, John. Yes. N- number 20, Ex Machina. No. I no. have not gotten around to seeing that, and very, I'm sorry. Very, very good. Very yeah. good. All right. Do we have a total, Ramsey? Yep. What do we got? Seven no's and 13 yes. All oh, right. No. Anything over that? 50% means you win. It's a win. Yeah. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. good. All right. Nice job. He was not – Brian Blessed was not in Time Bandits. <laughs> and if I, would, if I were Brian Blessed, I would be very, very frustrated. <laughs> Quintilius Vargas, where is my Time Bandits? It's <laughs> a great last name. Blessed. Brian Blessed. Oh, I know who this is. Yeah, of you course. know. Of course you do. Of course you yeah, do. Yeah. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual-wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at the Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, and premium soils to bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot. How doers get more done. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. All right, we're going to move on to a social studies segment. Social studies on movie crush. Yes. And John, this is where I get on the Movie Crush Facebook page and I uh, pose a question to the listeners, to the movie crushers. And then uh, we read some of their stuff, and then you guys chime in with your own answers as well. And let me, get a, let me, let me like the Movie Crush uh, Facebook page. Oh, you bastard. You haven't liked it yet. Well, I'm not a uh, – no, I just you're did not it. a big Facebook guy. I don't live in the Facebook world that much, and I'm looking at it now, and oh, I look, don't... confetti just went off on my screen when you liked it. Oh, yeah. Hooray. <laughs> All right, John. I asked the uh, Movie Crushers this very simple question. Who is your favorite MCU hero? 
and why. Uh huh. Do you have yours already, or do you want to think about it? Uh, while yep, I, go I got through? it. All right. Well, we'll get to you both in a second. Let me sure. go through some of these. Old friend John Millsap says Tom Holland's Spider Man is Stan Lee's creation right off the page. Perfect Teen Energy. Uh, uh, delete that question. Not the MCU. <laughs> <laughs> oh, John Millsap. As, as a very recently, spells. no longer. Yeah. Sorry, John. Te- yeah, you're right. Tell technically, Sony. Sony got greedy. Uh, top fan and oldest of pals. I'm going to say it right this time. Alex Glasnovich. Uh, I think Bruce Bruce Banner by Mark Ruffalo yeah. is the most fleshed out and empathetic hero out there in these movies. Also the most fleshy. See what I did there? Because he's yeah, shirtless a lot. Sorry. I thought you were fat shaming Mark no, Ruffalo because he has a normal body. No, no. <laughs> the Hulk is fleshy. He's green and fleshy. Uh, Rob Kreigel says Thor. One of the most powerful powerful characters still looks for redemption, and uh, after seeming failure, yeah, great arc, great and that, arc, and it's a character too that I was like, this is going to be goofy. How are they going to do this? And they made it delightful. Yeah, he's so funny. Boy, he's great. He's well, they, he's everything you want in a right. character like that. The first, the first, I didn't see. I've never seen the Dark World. Uh, not great. Dark I missed that one, yeah. but it didn't matter. I, there was a little bit where I was like, "Wait, what happened? How they get? Oh, who cares?" Right. And I've fine. never. And as much as a Ragnarok MCR, was a delight. Yeah. Well, that's when they okay. clued into what the character is. He's right. comic relief. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then, he you know, really did evolve. Yeah, and then and then uh, changed again. We'll talk more about this in, on Movie Crush Maine. That's right. Uh, old friend Andrew Wy- uh, Ryan White says Tony Stark, ultimate redemptive character. Fair. Hard to argue. Hard to everyone. You know what the MCU is good at? Arcs. Good arcs. Yeah. They got mm-hmm. good arcs. Mm-hmm. Don Morris, old friend, says, Star-Lord, man. From the first second he danced across that screen. I mean, that shit was so funny, kicking those lizards. and Yeah. And that was Well, really I mean, and, stuff. you know, Guardians of the Galaxy let people know that there were going to be – that this is a big universe and there were going to be different kinds of movies yeah. in this shared universe and different moods and tones. And but, was man, great. he really shit the bed with Thanos though, man. He like overreacted and screwed everything up for everybody. He, he was really a short-sighted did. jerkwad. I didn't know that Noel was the internet because, <laughs> yeah, people got mad at that. It was annoying because <laughs> I liked the character so much. Hot take. He, he just overdid it. and I mean, It was a device. I get that. But it just it bothered me because I didn't think the character. No, no, it wasn't. A, I mean, I think that that's what makes Marvel movies good yeah. is that the characters are fallible and it's he true. really screwed up. He's really, 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 really screwed up. Do you think he owned up to it? Did he feel like he owned it in the next movie? I can't even remember. I, he, he, was, not, he was dead to me. It's not mentioned. It does not come up. Okay. Yeah. And I don't know that he learned anything from it. <laughs> but we didn't not. spend much time with him. That's in fair. No, That's he wasn't fair. in much of it. But it was – but yeah, that 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 moment is supposed to be that enervating mm-hmm. and, and angrifying. You know, one of those is a word. It was. Uh, Shannon Redding McQueen says, Nick Fury, so, uh, so mysterious and secretive. Love seeing some of the backstory in Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Old Agreed. friend Kevin Herbon says – uh, I love how MCU lets the little guys be heroes too. The old guy in Germany that wouldn't kneel for Loki. Yeah. The shield tech and winter soldier that wouldn't launch the helicarriers even with a gun to his head. Yeah. That's, nice, yeah. Nice tidbits. Re- regular there. human heroics. Do you have one? Who is yours? A uh, 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 human hero or, or the my favorite? Favorite MCU hero. Oh. Did you forget where you were for a minute? No, no, but you, we were talking about the the ordinary humans who stood oh, no, to no, power no, in the MCU. No, I mean the the main question here. Uh, yeah, who Captain, was... Captain America. Oh, okay, why? Well, Captain America was not a character that I cared about at all as a comic book reader. Same. Very, very hard character to get a beat on. If you look at the history of Captain America, you know he wavers between. You know the 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 propaganda patriotism of the era in which he was born and created in mm-hmm. World War II by Joe Simon and Jack Kirby, to a more self reflective Captain America in the nineteen seventies who questions the, uh, the 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 value of patriotism in itself. Yeah. Post Watergate, Captain America in the comics went off and gave up being Captain America to become nomad for a period of time, a, a person without a country. Mm, see the name. Uh-huh. And all of these arcs were reflected in the in the MCU Captain America, but one of the the thing that the comic book character never had in order to ground all of these takes on Captain America and make it one whole human person that you cared about was mm. Chris Evans. Boy, he's good. And Chris Evans, 
you know, ha- uh, when he was cast as Captain America, I had seen him in half a Fantastic Four movie when he mm-hmm. was the Human Torch. Right. And he was great in that movie, but he was like, young hotshot. And I'm like, sure. how could this guy be capt- ever be Captain America? Right. And Boy, did he own it. He t- create He created – a whole human being that you care about. Yeah. And it was the first time I cared about that character in the in my long history of comics. And he had to do it from this template that had – that you know, you know there is Spider-Man, Peter Parker straight off the page, right? There is Tony Stark straight off the page, although I think I think uh, obviously Robert Downey Jr. brought a lot of new elements to Tony Stark. Sure. Mm-hmm. Thor, no one knew who he was and he was a total cipher of a character. It wasn't until they – movies later that they locked in on, oh, he's the tragic comic relief. Yeah. You know what I mean? They made him the comic relief, then they made him the tragic relief, and that was amazing. Yeah. And Chris Hemsworth was was awesome at it. And Quill is Quill and everyone's great. Captain America was Captain America from the beginning. You believed in who he was at the start and mm-hmm. you you followed his journey and it felt completely consistent. And it, I just thought it was a, tri- a triumph to make as bland a character as that interesting. Yeah. And that to me is an element of what the whole MCU is. Like they translated something from the page to the screen that right. no one, in a way that no one had done it before. Yeah. With a mix of taking it seriously, taking it lightly, reimagining, being being honoring, you know, honoring the source material but mm-hmm. f- messing with it when they had to. And appreciating these need to be real human beings. Not to mention the insane continuity and crossover and the whole way it weaves together and the post credits. I mean, it's a feat. I mean, it's unreal. Yes, absolutely. So that was my. So you know, I'll watch any any frame of any movie with Captain with Chris Evans as Captain America in it. Noel, you got one. Who's your favorite hero? I like Thor a lot. I just, I mean, you know, I'm not a big Marvel guy. Like, I, I, I've i came to this largely from the movies. Mm-hmm. I read, like, Watchmen and more, like, the Vertigo kind of comics yeah. and Sandman and stuff. But I was never really a Marvel loyalist. So mm-hmm. I'm learning all of these character arcs from the movies. I didn't read comic books at all except for Richie Rich and Archie. Got it. So, uh, true. How do you feel about Riverdale? <laughs> I haven't seen it. Oh, you got to check that out. I heard I'm it's right. good. I heard yeah. it's good. It's yeah. interesting. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, – I'm going to – I'm going to go with Thor, I think, and and Cap. Mm-hmm. Like, those are my guys. Yeah. What hard, is, hard to not pick those two. What does Sony think they're doing? Stealing. Blonde, blonde white males. I get it. <laughs> what, what, what do they think they're going to do stealing Nordic. Spider-Man back? Like, the, all the Sony Spider-Man movies suck. Like, well, I mean, okay, maybe the, no, I mean, the, 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 the early ones, I guess, with, uh, with Tobey Maguire. Tobey Maguire, those were good. Those are good. A couple of them were. But then they lost their way with the uh, other dude. And then immediately when the Marvel one came out. They were great. And now what are they going to – like how are they going to do it? I completely understand why Sony wants Spider-Man back because mm-hmm. they, they – first of all, they own him. Well, sure. You know, so he was on loan to the MCU. And when they loaned him to the MCU, mm-hmm. they had nothing to they had nothing to lose and everything to gain because the MCU was – you know, Disney, Marvel Studios were clearly creatively on the right track. Right. They knew what to do and they knew a way to execute it and Sony had no plans and right. they had just – Come off of the total uh, 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 f- feces show yes. of the making of and releasing of Fantastic Four, right? Um, so they they had no faith in their own creative enterprise, and they're like, "Why not take this money? That makes perfect sense." Uh, because we can't, we don't know what to do with this character. But then, on accident, almost, they didn't realize they were about to release. The greatest Spider-Man movie of all time. Right. Which, which is, is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, well, yeah. Which is... I love it. As... So great. It's one of the most beautiful, well-constructed, thrilling... Like, it's it's thrilling as a movie. It's thrilling as what it represents for storytelling in, mm-hmm. in animated movies. Um, I mean, it's just... It's such an incredible feat. Wait, that was Sony? Yeah. And, oh, really? Yeah. That's what they did instead. Oh. They, they, gave, they gave Spider-Man to the to MCU, but then... Uh, and I, I really want to do do justice to the filmmakers because I, I it was first Spider Verse. Yeah. So hang on one second. Sure. I can't get enough of that Spider Ham. It's great. It's so funny. And that's uh, Maloney. That's John Maloney. Yeah. John Maloney. That's what I said last night after <laughs> nine martinis. <laughs> so it's co-directed by Peter Ramsey, mm. Rodney Rothman, and Bob Paraschetti. Amazing. And Rodney, I I. We have friends in common from back in the old McSweeney's days. So I was like, go team. Right. But uh, but Peter Ramsey is this incredible filmmaker. And um, 
you know, he's a person of color uh, making a superhero movie about a person of color. Right. In a way that is not at all provocative, mm-hmm. just exciting. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so all of a sudden Sony realizes they're sitting on this brain trust that know how to make Spider-Man movies. You answered my question. I had no idea. I mean, that this makes, is all speculation. Makes, but I think it makes perfect sense. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, I think they expected Into the Spider-Verse to just go off into the, into the night and go straight to video or whatever. Yeah. Because it's an anime a movie and It looked cares. like that w- upon first glance. Like when I saw the trailers, I was like, oh, it's a cute little Spider-Man cartoon. Right. And then it was this powerhouse yeah. psychedelic Marvel. You yeah. know, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. So they, I think they f- they're feeling their – and they had the success with Venom too, which I did not see. But I apparently did, did very well. So like, hey, we own the whole Spider-Verse. Right. Let's get our marquee character back and, yeah. and deal with it. And I think it's really um, – it's very bittersweet. Yeah. Yeah. All right, John. We're gonna... I've never felt sadder about corporate infighting. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> oh, the Cola Wars didn't do it for you? Pepsi versus <laughs> – Yeah, versus Coke. Look, it's not just because I'm in Atlanta. <laughs> Fuck Pepsi. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, Pepsi. Good. All right, John, we're going to finish today with a comic card. This is where we take – I go into a restaurant and it's a Pepsi <laughs> restaurant. I walk out. Oh, yeah. I, I, I at the very least roll my eyes I do enjoy, I do enjoy a, di- a diet Mountain Dew from time to time. Oh, yeah? Is that a Pepsi oh. product? Yeah, Mountain Dew is a Pepsi product, and I do enjoy a diet Mountain Dew from time to time, especially my the bodega at the end of my street in uh-huh. Brooklyn. Sometimes it has them in cans, and it's just like a great day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Uh, we finished with comment card, which is uh, questions from the listeners, and I told them you were coming on, and so we have some Hodgman-specific questions. I can't wait. And we're going to take a few of those. Who is John Hodgman? <laughs> John uh, Hodgman is the author of Medallion Status, coming up October 15th, a that's new book right. Pre-order John Hodgman. Pre-order bit.ly slash medallion status. Go. Nick Kelly, old pal, says, uh, John, does seeing friends of yours in a movie take you out of the movie or make you feel more invested? I think it's a really good question. 
Well, it's interesting because you mentioned John Mulaney as the voice of Peter Porker, the, the spectacular Spider-Ham mm-hmm. in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And John, I, 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 John and I uh, know each other. Mm-hmm. I, I, we've never hung out. But we, we used to run in the same comedic circles sure. years ago um, bef- before he hit it real big. Right. And he was very kind and he and Nick Kroll had me on their Oh Hello Broadway run oh, as cool. a guest, which was real, a, tr- a treat. He is by far one of the nicest people in the world and yet when I see him or anyone I know on screen, it absolutely takes me out of the movie. It's like, why did they get that job? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm around. And yeah. it doesn't matter what the job – like I could be completely wrong for yeah. the job. And I'm like, oh, John Mulaney gets another <laughs> – I can do a funny voice. I do lots of funny voices. I was on Adventure Time. I was on – I was on uh, – Venture Brothers. Venture Brothers. Do voices. I was in, I was in Coraline. I was the father and other father in Coraline. Oh, that's God right. damn it. Who were you on Adventure Time? I love Adventure Time. I was um, the, the king of the blob. I was. <laughs> you don't even no, remember? The king of the slime kingdom. Yes. That's okay. Right. Got the it. The slime king. Yep. And, uh, and yet, and yet, for all of the deep professional jealousy, <laughs> you know, as Gore Vidal said, it's not, a, it's not enough that you succeed. Your, 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 your peers must suffer. Right. <laughs> for all of the. Dis- the 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 dysfunctional professional jealousy that takes me out of movies, even Sw- Into the Spider Verse was so good, yeah, that even I couldn't get mad. I was so happy for John Mulaney, and he sure. was so great in it, obviously. So, uh, all right, old pal Michael Griffith. Uh, on that note, John, ha- are they all your old pals? Huh? You get old pal status if uh, if oh, it's a status. It's a loyalty program within the Movie Crush universe. Yeah. Oh, OK. Mm-hmm. I thought they were just all your friends from high school. No, no, no. These are old pals, people that are really active. How in, do you uh, earn the old pal status? You, you answer, you know, you get on, involved on the Facebook stuff and I recognize your name after right. it appears over and over. So, On Delta Airlines, you can you can buy diamond medallion status at the end of the year for thousands of dollars. Could I do that? Could I get old pal status? <laughs> sure. On your own? Okay. Old pal Michael Griffith. Right, says. Says this, John, I'd like to know what your favorite voiceover work uh, that you've done has been. Just talking about it. Uh, personally, I'm a fan of your work in The Venture Brothers. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I'm not because that character, Snoopy, on Venture Brothers, while I'm an enormous fan of Venture Brothers and Doc and Jackson Public who make it, um, that that voice sounds too much like me. And, there, oh, and, okay. I, and so my own self-loathing kicks in and I don't like it. Gotcha. But recently, I've had the extreme pleasure of 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 working for Disney on the new Ducktales. Oh, cool! And there is a character that I voiced in season two called John D. Rocker Duck, <laughs> who is a was a was created by Carl. Uh, was it Carl? Not Carl Barks. Oh, never mind. He was he was a member of the original Ducktales comic strip universe. Uh-huh. A, a rival billionaire to Scrooge McDuck. But then they kind of got dropped from American comics and no one ever remembered him except for the Italians where he became a huge character. And in Europe, a lot of those uh, uh, Duck, uh, Scrooge McDuck comics in Europe were written in Italy and Rocker Duck became this big character, this iconic character uh-huh. in Italy and throughout Europe as a result. But he had never been animated before. And so I was the first person to ever voice this character. So it was very exciting for me. So you got to originate. I got to originate the voice of John D. Rocker Duck. That's great. Who is this historic character within this world that people care about. What was the voice? Do it. Well, hi. <laughs> is that it? No. It's like, I'm John D. Rocker Duck. You can't put up your dukes. You know, <laughs> mad billionaire. What did the Adventure Time character sound like? Let's run through these. I think it was just me. Okay. But wait a minute, I just I'm <laughs> dropping some news here on on Movie Crush Minis. Yeah. It's now been revealed that John D. Rocker Duck survived and will return in season three. Nice. Yeah. As part of FOWL, the, the evil organization F A O F O W L FOWL. Nice. What does that acronym stand for? Uh Friend of Wildlife Lands. Got it. It's important. I, no, I don't remember. It's, it's like WWF. Fiendish, fiendish something. Uh, we do want to shout out Karma uh, Hamadi because she did ask what you thought of Spider-Man leaving the MCU. So we'll consider that answered. But it's a it's a real drag. Yeah, it's a real drag. It's fiendish organization for world larceny, mm-hmm. which is classically good. But, yeah. Uh, let me see. Let's do let's do a couple more here, and then we'll 
we'll wrap this one up. Uh, I had a good one. But yeah, I liked doing Rocker Duck because he didn't sound like me. And it felt like acting. I liked that. Uh, all right, John, here's one. Uh, this is from one of the oldest of pals, Debbie Frangadakis. Hi, Debbie. John, do you think movies accurately portray uh, Ivy League college life? Uh, what movie? So uh, Debbie knows that I attended Yale University. That's an accredited four-year institution in Southern Connecticut. So, you know, what's out there? Paper Chase? Never saw it. School Ties? Never saw it. Remember that one with uh, Brendan Fraser? Oh, yeah. That's a Harvard one, right? I think so. Yeah, and Soul Man is Harvard, too. Oh, good Lord. Um, How accurate was Soul Man? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say it accurately portrayed its times and how we thought about race at that time. Yeah, that's true. All right, I'm looking at Ivy League movies. The Skulls. <laughs> <laughs> the Skulls is is loosely based on the Skull and Bones, on the right? Skull and Bones Senior Secret Society at Yale where supposedly if you get tapped into Skull and Bones you're initiated into a worldwide secret world government or something. Now, you're supposed to do a guest spot on my other show, Stuff They Don't Want You to Know Later, where supposedly you're going to tell a story about happening upon one of these types of meetings. So don't, yeah, don't no, scoop I, us here. I don't happen upon it. I was invited. Well, that's fantastic. It was not Skull and Bones. Okay. It was Book and Snake. Fair. Oh. That's a tease. Okay. That's a tease. Love it. Let's check it. check yeah. out. Yeah. Do it. Um, it was Chicken and Waffles. Yeah. Chicken and Waffles. The secretist society. Uh, uh, yeah, that one, that, that one, I mean, the only thing, the thing that I flashed in my mind was uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of the Crystal Skulls oh, of yeah. or whatever, and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls, uh-huh. because that's supposedly set, like, there, there's a whole motorcycle chase scene yeah. at his college, which is supposed to be, I think, Princeton, but Man, they shot yeah. it at Yale. Oh, really? Yeah, and, and I enjoyed seeing that campus, because you don't see it often on film. So that was the most accurate portrayal of Yale, I would say. Got it. Motorcycle yeah. chase. Yeah. At least, at least you get to see the Lenonia and Brothers room in Sterling Memorial Library, a place where <laughs> I, where I took many a naps. <laughs> many a naps. All right, we'll finish up with uh, once again with old pal Alex Glasnovich, uh, John, and could be Noel as well, and me. What's a movie that you can't wait to share with your kids when they're adults? but are too young for now. Your kids are older, so they can probably see most anything, right? Yeah, but I had that experience for sure. What was one of the big ones for you? Um, <laughs> I remember showing my daughter The Brood by David Cronenberg <laughs> around Halloween. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that, was a, that was a big one for me. Okay. Uh, Rosemary's Baby also. Was one now? That's my daughter's favorite movie. That's really? a hole for me. I haven't seen Rosemary's Baby, I, but, but I did I not show her Rosemary's again. Baby because, like, there's there are lots of movies now. So our daughter is seventeen. Our son is fourteen. You know, I remember like for my son, it's like, yeah, go see our movies. I don't care. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like it's good to see movies that are a little bit above your pay grade in yeah. terms of language content. Like, I agree. It's it, it's. I remember seeing movies where I was like, I'm not sure I should be seeing this. And that kind of opens up some thinking about well, stuff. I, I think it also isn't like an instant license to like be a bad kid or something. Right. No. It all depends on how it's handled by the parent. Right. And if it's, it's, if it's this awful secretive thing, they're much more likely to sneak off and do it anyway and then rebel by yeah, like, you know, I, doing the things yeah, they see. Yeah, that's, you know? that's – you're absolutely right. And, you know, like uh, I, I should <laughs> – I showed him I, Claudius, the 1976 BBC miniseries. He loves it, right? And he loves I, Claudius. <laughs> and that so has funny. nudity and and sexual content in sure. it. And like they're – they're like it's the production values are very low. So mm-hmm. it's like a bunch of British character actors pretending to have an orgy. <laughs> orgy. <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of British character actors pretending to have an orgy uh-huh. in, a, in, a, in, a, in a rec room made out of cardboard. <laughs> it's not very sexy. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Yeah. But like <laughs> – I can't. I really. I want him to. I want him to see Midsummer, the Ari Aster movie, because sure. mm-hmm. I think it, I think it's one of the greatest movies I've ever seen. Okay, and I need to revisit that. We we uh, we you, were you both just, mixed about it. Yeah, we, a lot of people are mixed about it. I am not. Yeah, but like, and I have. No, I would have no problem if he snuck over to see Midsummer on his own mm-hmm. at the Nighthawk Theater in Prospect Park. But I don't want to sit through that sex scene with him. 
there. Right. You know oh, what that's I mean? true. I yeah. forgot about that. And yeah. like my my daughter a, a year or two ago was watching Call Me by Your Name, which right. has some some great hugging movie. and kissing, mm-hmm. and it's a great movie. And it was that was sort of where I was like I articulated that feeling of like it's not that it's inappropriate for you. It's totally appropriate for you, mm-hmm. as it is for me. I'm a grown person. Mm-hmm. But we don't want to be watching this movie together. Yeah. I don't for want both to. of our sakes. Yeah. You yeah. don't right. want to have your dad right. watching this right. movie with you. Right. I will excuse myself and go up right. to bed. Indeed. <laughs> Dare we say recuse. Mine uh, I'm Love really it. looking forward to is uh, obviously, uh, obviously E.T. and The Goonies is really the big one that yeah. I can't wait to show Ruby. Yeah. E.T. You could do pretty early. Yeah. I think she's close. Yeah. And what year did E.T. come out? Eighty three or eighty three, yeah, something like that. Yeah, so I, yeah, I was eleven. We were the perfect, perfect age because we were the age of. Did you cry? Did you of, cry? Did you cry when ET died? I'm sure I did. I do now. I got close. I Probably got close. M- more than uh, I would have then. I'm, I'm not, and I'm, I'm and it's, but uh, like, I was so, as I discussed in my book, Medallion Status, at Dotley slash Medallion Status, True Stories from Secret Rooms, Upgrade Now. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, I didn't. I didn't cry ever during my childhood. And it was not a point of pride. Interesting. It, it was I got nervous that I was something was wrong with me. Right. <laughs> so I felt a little bit of relief when I got close, when I got a little misty. Yeah. What about now? Are you more emotional now with stuff? Yes. Well, it it, it comes up in the in the context of an audition for a, a play for in the role and I had to cry on command on stage. It was one of those actory things. Mm-hmm. That I had never done before and was terrified of, especially since I had I had this problem in my life, which I didn't. Because <laughs> you're a sociopath. Well, so, yeah. I mean, so I, I, had for, <laughs> I had formulated a, a theory as a child to explain my weirdness in this regard and in general, which is, well, maybe I'm an android. Maybe I'm incapable of tears. Oh, I thought you were going to say you were a sociopath. So for the stage play, the way you got to cry was you thought about not killing people. <laughs> oh, and that made you so sad. <laughs> No, but what I hadn't appreciated was that between seeing E.T. in 1982 or 3 or whatever Mm -hmm. and 2015 when I was auditioning for this role, time had passed and my mom had passed away Mm -hmm. and I had had kids and the kids were getting older and were disappearing before my eyes. You had some shit to draw from. And I didn't realize that I had this shit to draw from. And the minute I was rehearsing my lines walking down the street – the minute I hit that line, burst into tears immediately, sobbing, racking tears. Wow. It was intense. And I was great uh-huh. <laughs> because, A, I knew I could do it. And, B, like my neighbors on the street didn't want to talk to me, which right. was great. <laughs> and I went into the audition and the woman who wrote the play, Hallie Pfeiffer, was like – and I and I was w- w- nervous that I couldn't do it again. And then I did it again. It's like boom, tears, huge tears. And Hallie was like, are you OK? And I'm like, I'm fantastic. You said this is the first time I've fucking cried. I'm 44 and years this old. This has been such <laughs> – a liberation, and that's when I realized that my superpower is I'm like Bruce Banner in Avengers. Yeah, you're always the crying. The secret is I'm always crying. <laughs> <laughs> At any moment, I can just turn around and stare down the Chitari invading army and just be like, <laughs> Oh, that's good. Yeah. All right, everyone. That's all the time we have for this week. Uh, thanks to John for being here. Pre order medallion status. Uh, bit.ly slash medallion status. B-I-T dot L-Y slash all capital letters M-E-D-A-L-L-I-O-N-S-T-A-T-U-S. I probably could have made that easier if I was shortening the URL anyway. <laughs> probably could. John Book. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, well. Buy me. I'll never. Yeah, that's right. Buy me. You don't have to read me. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. This was fun. Bye, old pals. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. 
Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done.